0: big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marian Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marian Rose. And I'm layle Stone. We are back together again.
1: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it feels a bit weird. It feels like we're cheating on each other. I know. <laughs> we recorded podcasts with someone else. <laughs> uh, but we're back together. I know. It's, it's beautiful. How are you today, Marion? What's going on?
0: I'm very excited. So many projects in the air right now, which I know you have as well. <laughs> we were both laughing before, weren't we? Just like so much excitement, so many projects, so much how are we when are we of
1: course we're going to do them all but like Mm. it's it's
0: going to be interesting finding all those little pockets of time to do all the Mm. things (laughs) I
1: I know I said this I think last podcast but it's uh, it really does remind me about trusting timing you know when the energy's there and you move with it it's amazing and sometimes it's just not and so it's good to just be quiet and listen and you know so I yeah and in now in the kind of lots going on it is very exciting isn't it there's lots of as you would say will energy to make stuff happen and to um to get moving with it and it often find it often flows and it feels really good so yes he's he's to creating lots of things at the moment it's exciting (laughs) isn't it it's really nice yeah yes we're both
0: creating lots of new things which I'm sure we will share about at the end but Mm. first of all we're going to talk about
1: rupture and repair oh and I want to say like a part of me is like have we not spoken about this I know we have talked about this I think in our blame and shame podcast we did talk a little bit about this but we haven't done a specific episode just on this topic and i think it's a great one isn't it because it's something that often comes up in parenting all the time and how do we navigate this consciously with our children and you know all that kind of stuff so i'm excited to do this one i think it's uh, i think it's going to be really relevant
0: yes and i'd love to start off saying Number one, so much love and compassion to you as you listen to this, because number two, it is so normal and natural, given the culture that we grew up in with very different parenting style, usually for most of us, and the culture that we live in now, that for all of us, I'm going to include myself, many times I have uh, responded to my children, particularly in younger years, in ways that I
1: really uh, did not enjoy. Mm -hmm. and you know i guess there's that thing you know what we talk about a rupture i mean the, the name of this podcast rupture and repair a rupture is where we yell at our kids where perhaps we just disconnect our energy from them where we feel really mad at them it's anything that where we are not in connection with them or perhaps not being attuned to them. So a rupture is really the rupture in the relationship. That's what we're talking about. And, and I love that you bring that up, Marion. It's inevitable that we're going to do that at some point. There is no perfect. We are not just constantly calm and connected and all loving and we are going to be frustrated and we are going to be angry and things are not going to work out sometimes and we're going to lose it and we may swear and we may just yell at our kids and and this is part of being a human being we do this with our loved ones with with people we love you know we can We can often, again, when it feels safe enough with somebody, bring up all those parts of us. And ideally, we do not want to do this with our children. Of course, we don't, but we are human. And I love that you said right off the bat, you know, we have to be compassionate with ourselves. We, We know that when we are rupturing in some way or something's going on, it is because you know whether we haven't got our needs met whether we are in deep stress whether there's pain for us nobody does it because they want to nobody goes out there in the world and goes i'm going to be an asshole to you <laughs> they you know they they're horrible to their kids nobody does that we we're doing it because we've reached a place within ourselves that isn't you know that isn't being held and so compassion as always it's our kind of catchline isn't it Around, uh, around everything being compassionate, so that we can, you know, then lean into how we do heal and repair, and you know, work on ourselves, so that our ruptures become less. Because that is absolutely possible, isn't it, Marion?
0: Mm, absolutely is. And and if I'm sure if you haven't already gone and listened to our previous episodes, we talk a lot about those, those beautiful list of three that Aletha sort of talks about, the three reasons for our challenging behavior, and that's whether we're a child or an adult. So if you're wanting to also understand more about the causes of responding in ways that do create that that disconnect or that rupture, Just to also remember those three things, it's either because we are telling ourselves something unhelpful, usually from our own cultural conditioning, from our own unmet needs, as you spoke about, or from our own childhood unexpressed feelings. So again, that's why it's so important to have that deep compassion for ourselves because. Of course, we're going to have painful thoughts about our children in a culture that has really painful thoughts about children. Of course, we're going to have unmet needs because we live in a culture that doesn't value or support parents. And of course, we're going to have painful childhood uh, feelings that come up a lot because in growing up, most of us didn't get our feelings heard. So again, just to really normalize this, please, please, please be really compassionate with yourself and do not judge yourself if you do create a rupture, because that's the first thing we're going to actually talk about probably is
1: not judging yourself when that happens. Mm. Yes. And that that for me was such a game changer in um, doing a lot of my own healing work is to actually Instead of beat myself up when I had yelled at my kids or I behaved in a way that wasn't good, to to catch that in a dialogue that says stuff like, well, you know, they're wrong and they're bad and why is my life so hard, or perhaps the dialogue is I'm a crap parent and um, I you know, I don't even get this right or what, whatever is the, the dialogue that goes on in the head uh, is so important to just be curious about it to start with and go, oh, what am I telling myself here? And for me, what was a huge shift in my parenting is when I started to meet that with compassion is to start to go, actually, I am stressed or I am stretched or I'm doing the best job I know how, or I need a lot more support. And what would compassion look like right now and even if you can allow five or ten percent of compassion in that is a starting place and then as we allow that compassion to be our default then we we begin to act more compassionately to others right that that becomes how we then respond to humans so that compassion piece is just so pivotal isn't it? in in beginning to change how we respond to our children or others and how we actually do that in a healing work so that we can You know, when we do rupture or we do do something, we're very quick to move back into our heart to say, I'm deeply sorry or, you know, and repair in some way. It's such a game changer, isn't it?
0: Yes, and it's really pivotal in both of our work, isn't it? That that internal dialogue, that internal self-relationship. Because if we've just maybe spoken harshly to our child, and then, you know, in my languaging, we're picking up those emotional sticks and saying, Oh my God, I'm a terrible parent, and I should learn X, Y, and Z, and then we're gonna feel even more painful feelings. So we responded in that not so enjoyable way because of our own painful feelings in the first place. And then if we're going to add a whole lot more on the top, it's going to be almost impossible to then actually repair. So it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anyone to pick up those sticks and, and feel guilty or judge ourselves. It actually means we're less able to actually do
1: the repairing that we really want to do. Yes. And, and as we've talked about him, quite a few other podcasts when we begin to change that inner dialogue that has an impact on our children as well because if we carry a lot of those those emotional sticks that we hit us ourselves with and we keep doing that our children pick up on that as well and that can be something that they then carry forward as well that inner harsh critic so it's such a a big piece that we can learn to work with within ourselves so we do change that that story moving forward for our children yeah Yeah, it's, it's really big it's so big, isn't it? And
0: Mm. the other thing I would say is then that moves out to actually how we repair, because Mm. if we go on to then actually speak out loud, I am a terrible parent. I shouldn't have done that. That was really bad. You know what, you know, any of those kind of really harsh judgments of ourselves, what does that also tell our child to do that that when they do things from their own painful feelings, that's really the thing to do is judge oneself and feel guilty and feel ashamed. So again, really, and this can take time. So again, if you have done this, or if you've done it many times, we invite you to be deeply compassionate with yourself. Of course you have. This is how we get taught to respond to ourselves. But if instead the the languaging can be so important so that we don't go into this, you know, I'm a terrible person, but a, a true repair and a true apology requires us to actually stay in in a compassionate place with ourselves because otherwise it's just like, you know, come and hit me with loads of sticks. I'm terrible. But that does not help our child for us to talk to ourselves in that way.
1: It doesn't at all. It's, it's so, it talks, you know, so much of the work I talk about as imprints is what is what are we teaching our children by how we're behaving? What are they watching from us? And that, that's such an in, incredible part, isn't it, Marion? That, mm-hmm. that when we make, when we rupture or when we do something, we make a mistake and our children are constantly making mistakes and rupturing and doing that because they're learning, nobody's perfect. And that is just such a pivotal piece. Do we want the child to go, oh, I got that wrong. I'm really, really sorry. Um, is there anything I can do to repair with you? And then they're able to let it go knowing, hey, I made a mistake and that is, and I am still okay, as opposed to I've made a mistake or I've stuffed up and I'm a bad person and then the negative cycle begins. So the, it's just such a huge piece of this, isn't it, of mm-hmm. how we do it authentically, what we model to them is then what will become that inner story for them of, hey, I do make mistakes, it is okay, I can repair, I can do better, I can be conscious, I can own my behavior all those kind of things because then that sets up a beautiful story for them to then be authentically themselves and to own when they've made a mistake or to come forward and say hey I did that wrong or that wasn't didn't feel good and you know can we do it over or could I do it differently or whatever that that's ideally what we want because we see it a lot with children who where it's not safe for them to make mistakes so they'll often lie about whether they did it or not they will Pretend that they haven't, you know, they will shut down within it. Ideally, we want them to be able to go, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, or that didn't feel good, or whatever it is that they're able to sit in that authentic, genuine place within themselves. It's so important. Yes. So we can absolutely take responsibility for our behavior.
0: And apologize and then go on to repair without doing any of that, without judging ourselves and also without judging them. Because it can be very tempting in that moment as well, if we're still in the heat of our big feelings, to actually then go into kind of blaming them. We might be wanting to apologize, but we're also kind of blaming them at the same time. But re- it really is possible to come in and to say, to, to pause, to, to get back more into a calm place in ourselves and say, I'm so sorry that I just spoke to you like that. <sighs> Maybe even to take a breath, I'm doing that. So I'm imagining doing that and to say, I had some big feelings. Um, I really don't ever want to speak to you in that way. And again, depending on their age, we might go straight to, how do you feel, sweetheart? Or if they're really little, we might actually go straight into more, even listen to feelings. So they might actually start crying. You know, if we've spoken loudly, they might actually start crying. They might be scared. So we might go straight into, you know, I'm right here. I'm listening. I can imagine that you felt scared when I, when I spoke to you like that or when I did that and, and I'm so sorry and I'm here and I'm listening, or we may move more into play, particularly if it's with a younger child.
1: Mm, uh those words are really beautiful <laughs> as you said that I was like that's what I would have wanted to hear like I, I wonder how that feels with people listening if you take yourself back to being a child and when your parent did yell at you or you were punished or, or something that was not great what is it that you wanted from your parent in that moment and and it is really it's such a profound thing for an adult to come down to a child and say i i am sorry I, I did not want to behave that way i don't ever want to talk to you that way i've got something going on for me this is not about you um this is not you know this is not your responsibility to fix this is about me and i'm going to go and get some support so i can you know fix that or heal that so i don't project that onto you. as such a big thing. And I, I know even saying that, that is, and, and you would know this too, this is what most of us wanted to hear when we were younger from our parents. And And this is where it can often, I think, feel clunky doing it with our kids when we're learning to find the right language, when we're trying to figure out what this does look like, because most of us haven't had an embodied experience of being repaired with in a way that has felt really heartfelt. You know, we don't, a lot of people don't know what that actually feels like. And I think that's, it's a really great thing to think about what was modeled to you around this when you were a kid growing up, when your parent yelled or perhaps, you know, something something happened that didn't feel good. Did your parents repair with you? Did they come and apologize? Did they connect in with you? Did they ask how that felt for you? What was that? Because that's such a huge thing, isn't it? When a parent yells or something happens, and then when they come to you and then say, How was that for you? I mean, that's that sentence there is massive because for most most of us as adults now as children we never would have been asked that how was that for you when i lost my call at you or when i yelled at you or when i blamed you you know most of the time we just had to deal with our feelings in the only way that we could which is you know repressing them or shutting them down or or you know feeling so powerless we took it out on others but that sentence there, how does that feel? How did that feel for you is so big in opening up that connection with the child to say, hey, I want to know how that felt for you when I behaved in a way that, that didn't feel very good. And being able then to listen to them say, I didn't like it or you were scary or I'm mad that you did it. And to be able to sit there in our heart and go, yes, I hear you and tell me more and and what can I do to help you know, repair, sweetie, and what, what is it that you need from me now? And, you know, they're all incredible words to, to have with our children to cr- keep that beautiful, authentic connection present. Mm. So what I'd love to invite you to do, actually, if you
0: want to, um, please feel free to ignore this request, but would you like to even pause the podcast right now and actually connect in with what kinds of things would you have loved? I know we normally do this at the end. What kinds of things would you have loved to have heard? as a child because often that can be a way to really tap into then what would naturally come from us what would we really like to say would you like to say would you like to hear I'm really sorry would you like to hear um, that was all about me (laughs) would you like to hear uh, I had some really big feelings would you like to hear how do you feel how did you feel when I spoke to you like that would you like to hear I'm here and I'm listening now and I'm going to keep on being here and I'm going to keep on listening for as long as you want to tell me what what that was like for you? like what what Anyway, if you'd like to pause and do that, we invite
1: you to do that. I love that. They're really powerful words. Uh, you know, the other thing I'm thinking of is in coming back to what was modelled to us, you know, I've worked with many adults who have said, you know, my father, I've never heard him apologise to anyone or I've never heard my mum say sorry, or, and for some people that was their, their imprint, or that's what they watched growing up that, you know, people had to be right all the time. So they never modeled, you know, or owned making mistake. And so it's really curious again, and I love that invitation that you offered everybody to think about what is it that you'd like to hear? And also, what is it that you learned about rupture and repair? And do you carry that in your life now you know do, was your imprint that you know it was not okay to ever be wrong or admit that you were wrong so do you find it very hard to apologize now are you with someone who finds it hard to apologize and what perhaps is behind that i think it's really important that we delve into what Were we ever modelled what this could look like in a healthy way and what would we like it to look like for our children? You know, what is the story we want them to carry forward around this? I think it's such a beautiful thing to think about when they make a mistake, when someone makes a mistake with them, how do you want them to respond and do we show them? The words to use. Do we do? Are we turning up in that authentic self within us, generally, without you know beating ourselves up for getting it wrong? You know, these are such really important things to ponder and lean into a little bit more. Mm, and I think particularly, like really,
0: again, teasing out that difference between repairing and apologising in a way where we're shaming ourselves, and it can be really subtle because I, I, I know people who. Are unable to say sorry because sorry for them means saying, I'm. I did something terrible. I'm, I am a bad person. There's so much shame tied up All those shame sticks are, are right in there. So there really is this way. And I remember myself and I used to have so many shame sticks and felt shame all the time. So for me, you know, to, to actually get feedback from not, not only a child, actually, this was before I was a parent, but from a friend to say, actually, you know, something I did was painful for them. I that, I, I could not, I was not willing to hear it because the the sticks that I would pick up, there was no way I could listen to their feelings because I'd be so busy shaming myself about what a terrible person I was. There was no way I could hear them. So often there is this process of really disentangling. I'm, I am so sorry in a way that we are not shaming ourselves. We're not guilting ourselves. We're not telling ourselves we've done something wrong. We are really simply saying, um, you know, uh, Basically, I wish I hadn't done that and I can see how painful it was. And I'm here to let you know I'm taking full responsibility for what I did, but without judging yourself, without shaming yourself. I, I find that is, for me has been such a huge journey to really disentangle those so that I can absolutely say I'm here to listen to, it, you know, whatever you have. And that's whether it's with my children. But also this is all relevant rupture and repair with with any other human like to actually listen without judging ourselves if we're really uh, wanting to actually listen to the impact that we've had on another human being it makes it really hard if we're picking up those sticks so it's such a huge process to be able to increasingly put those sticks down so we can just really hear you know i i really hear how scared you felt when i spoke to you that way without judging ourselves or you know if it's with a friend you know i really hear that you felt upset when i didn't respond to your message for a week knowing if it's me i hear you i really hear disappointed you felt or frustrated to me that is one of the beautiful things about this work is that we the more we stop judging ourselves the more we can really really hear always the impact of our behavior and any other human ah it's
1: so big isn't it and then think about we are we are teaching our children how to do it in such a beautiful way as well. You know, when we can repair with compassion and empathy, then that is what they believe repair is and they find their own way. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that brings me to, I guess, a thing that is pretty big in our culture, which is when a child does something wrong, they might hit a child or take someone's toy or do something often, you know, parents can be quick to swoop in and go, say, sorry, you know, go and apologize, (laughs) say, sorry. And, you know, I know we both sit in a place where we don't necessarily tell a child to say sorry. We might ask the question, how would you like to repair if they've done something? Because when we tell a child to say sorry, and perhaps they're not sorry, then we're what we're we're telling them to do is to say something that actually doesn't feel true for them. And they'll often apologize, but without any uh, any genuine nature and you can see it, they'll go, sorry, <laughs> probably roll their eyes or look the other way. And really they're actually not sorry because there's a whole lot of feelings that are still sitting there for them around what has happened. And so when we can say to a child, you know, look, I can see that you took your brother's toy and, uh, you know, your brother was still playing with it and he was very upset about that. And when it gives the toy back to your brother how would you like to repair? And so in that way, you might want to open it up for them to choose what a repair looks like when they are ready because when we kind of force our kids to go say sorry now, usually it's for the benefit of the adults more so than for the children because the person who's being repaired with, you know when someone's genuine or not, right, and it doesn't feel very good, but when someone actually comes back to you and looks you in the eye and says, I'm really sorry I hurt your feelings or I'm really sorry I took your truck or um, I'm sorry I hit you or whatever it is. I'm talking about children then. I just want to clarify. Your kid's hitting. You my truck, Lail. <laughs> <But>, um- <laughs> give it back. Um, that, you know, what. What is when there is that genuineness there that actually feels authentic and then we often can move on. We can move on because we're like, yes, I see that that connection or that repair has actually happened. Yet when we are forcing children to say sorry, you know, what they learn is to do forced apologies, usually to keep adults happy, not because they genuinely mean it. And I think it's that same process, isn't it?
0: Because, as you say, often in order to come to that, uh, back to that, their lovingness, basically, and their compassion, and actually their feeling connected with the other person, is often they need to have the feelings heard that were causing that behavior. So, if they were actually hitting, again, we know from a parenting perspective, that's painful feelings causing that behavior. So, if a child's hit another child and we go in straight away with, say, sorry. Well, they're already feeling disconnected. They're already disconnected from themselves. That's not going to help anybody. So there's this process where we need to listen to their feelings. And again, it's the same for us. You know, We may not come to an authentic apology if we've got a whole load of big feelings that caused us to shout or speak harshly or or use power over or whatever it was. So actually sometimes, and this may be more so with older children, we might say, Wow, I've got some really big feelings. I just spoke to in a way I really don't enjoy. I'm really sorry. I need to actually go away and uh, you know get some listening time. Obviously, you're not going to do that if it's a two-year-old, but but you know if it's an older child, we can also go through that process. So we can actually express those feelings. So we actually come back to, ah, oh, I love my child. Gosh, I am really sorry. And we can come back in that genuine way to really um, give that true apology from our heart rather than from a should place.
1: It's a beautiful reminder for me, Marion. When you're talking about that, and I'm thinking about when my kids were kind of tween, teenagers, and perhaps if I responded in a way where I did get, you know, really heated or elevated, or maybe I yelled or I was really frustrated with what they were doing, I would often say to them, "I'm going to pause this conversation and come back." And I would go and talk to a listening partner, or I'd talk to my husband, and I would, (laughs) I would, I would sit there and go, "What?" what would compassion look like right now right what would connection look like right now i used to ask myself that question because if i was really heated with one of my kids i'd have to go away think about it come back to what is going on for me here and then usually it was it was about often my own powerlessness or all the things we mentioned at the top of this podcast me not getting my needs met me having you know painful feelings from the past my projections of what i think it should look like and then going back and and really saying i am really sorry that, that there was a lot going on for me here and i'm sorry if i, I hurt your feelings in any way in the way i responded and it was powerful i've had to do that many times with all of my kids at points where i've lost it or I just haven't been the best version of myself and because of all the other things going on. And, and it's really, I found it's really been very profound and it's actually created even more connection with my children. And they begin to see that I'm human as well. There is no perfect and they, are, they will also make mistakes and those things will happen. And I just see the beauty of it rolling on when we can actually do that. It's also makes, making me think of, you know, at our at my school, um, when there is a rupture between students, and we sit down and we hear everybody's feelings of what happened, and we will always offer to the child, um, you know, would you like, could you, would you <laughs> like to repair, in your own way when you're ready. And so what we do see is we see children make beautiful cards for each other. We see them you know go and pick some flowers and give it to someone else we we see beautiful things actually happening when they are ready in their own way to repair which again creates even more connection for that in that classroom or for those students and there is no forced from any of the the guides it is just a hey would you like to do it in your own time i'll come back in and check in with you you know in a little bit and just and see how it is and we keep unpacking if there's more feelings there if they don't feel like they want to repair or they still feel it's unfair what happened and we'll keep working with that in order to be able to um, find a resolution that feels good for everybody
0: Mm, I think that's
1: so beautiful now yum
0: I'd love to rewind a little bit back to what you were talking about in terms of the effect this has on our children if we do repair in these kinds of ways and I think one of the things, you know, in working with parents as we both do and in supporting them in their own reparenting process, what happened to them as children is because for most of us, our parents didn't even acknowledge perhaps, you know, I just shouted or I just blamed you or I just was power over you or whatever it was, that we often internalized a few different things. It could be something like, you know, I made that happen or it was my fault or there's something wrong with me or, depending on what had just happened before that response or reaction from our parents, that might be, you know, if we were feeling excited and jubilant and we were jumping on the bed or something and our parents shouted at us, we may then, internalize these beliefs and it's not safe for me to feel joyful and then we might find 20 years later when we're having a really great day then suddenly we we get really scared and we shut down you know we make all these kinds of conclusions based on what happens in those moments so for me that's the beauty of this not only the whole repair process where our children get to feel connected with us again and vice versa but in terms of what they take away in terms of what they believe about what happened because what they see over and over again is ah that wasn't my fault i did not cause that behavior that behavior is not my responsibility and what that does internally for them is you know for example they are maybe they're jumping on the bed and they're feeling really excited and we feel frustrated because we're tired and we've just I don't know, made the bed and we got all the washing was on it, or I don't know, whatever millions of reasons it could be. When we, when we apologize and explain, they can say, ah, it's actually, that was nothing to do with me and my joy. That was, that was my mum feeling overwhelmed. Huh? Wow. Okay. And then we're free to keep feeling joy in our lives. I mean, the, the number of, ways that we make conclusions based on those painful experiences when our parents were in a reactive place in their own feelings is so profound and and you know having worked with humans for many many years as you have allowed to see so many really painful impacts of that so anytime you able to repair with your child even if it's a you know it doesn't quite go to plan and it's you know which often it doesn't what you're doing is saying to them you did not cause my feelings whatever you're doing there is nothing wrong with you you're not responsible for my reactions you're not responsible for my needs I mean that is profound even if we do it in a kind of clunky way and it just kind of you know goes awry what they are taking away from that will profoundly impact them in so many ways in their lives
1: Oh, yes. It's so, I'm thinking people got on this podcast to just go, well, how do I say sorry? They're <laughs> like, actually, let's take you deeper than that. It's amazing. Hmm so big everything you're saying I'm like it's so true and I agree with you the amount of times when we unpack deeper into the story of what we make things mean particularly when we're children is really really huge and I think that piece is so profound Marion that children really get that in their cells and their bodies is that I'm not responsible for my parents feelings they're responsible for their feelings. And, and we know that so many people took on board as little children that they were responsible for their parents' feelings to either keep them happy or to be a good boy, or be a good girl, or, you know, to make it all okay for the, everyone else in their family. And, and so much of that often is about our disowning ourselves and who we truly are and our spirit and all those kind of things. So it's, it's so big. It's, it's yes, it's, it's deep, isn't it? Mm. And, and, you know, and I love what you're saying, even if the repair is clunky, like we keep practicing and we get better at it. And the more compassion we have for ourselves, the, the better we will get at it because we're coming from that place. And so, you know, if anyone's like, well, what does a genuine repair look like? Well, firstly, it, it is, as you were saying, Marion, let's just be kind to ourselves first and say, Hey, having a hard time or things feel big and then when we feel centered enough to to get close to our little ones to make eye contact maybe touch them they might not be ready to be touched but just to open your heart and genuinely say i am so sorry if i yelled or "or for yelling or for hurting your feelings and this was an own what it is yours without having to go into a big story without having to go into you know, because I'm worried about money and this is happening and that's happening. Our children don't need to hear that. What they do just need to hear is that they are my feelings and I'm sorry I projected them onto you and I'm going to take care of them. And then perhaps offering how does it feel for you or what do you need? And as you said, if they're little, maybe they just might start crying and you want to listen to their feelings. But they might, your older children might have something to say and they might be mad and they might need to say, I don't like it when you speak that way. And that hurts my feelings and that's not okay. And as always, we listen and we acknowledge and. And then we can say, is there something we need to do so it will feel lovely for you again or something that we can do to reconnect? And, And the child might be like, I want to read a book with you or I just want to snuggle or let's go jump on the trampoline or just whatever it is that will feel beautiful for them can be a gorgeous thing to do. And the other thing, too, is they might not be ready to let you in with your repair yet. And that also can bring up feelings of, oh, my God, am I now rejected or does my child not love me or that, you you know, I know some people when they do try to repair and, and the repair is not kind of ready yet, they can get angry because the other person isn't, you know, responding in the way that they think. So that can feel big too. So watch what your expectations are of the response. And if your child isn't ready to kind of reconnect yet or let you in, you know, that I know that can feel painful, but to just be there to say, that's okay, when you're ready, I'm here. I'm here and I love you and, um, and, and I, I can wait. And so then again, we can just give space for our children if they need a little bit more time or perhaps they might need to play something first to do some power reversal stuff to move their feelings or perhaps they'll look for something popping up really soon where there needs to be a limit and some feelings will come out. So it's just watching and observing. And I think the other part of that too is sometimes when we have done something, we can move into over-repair, which is where we keep saying sorry again and again and again for that. And I'm really sorry. And we keep trying to check, you know, are we still connected? Is this okay? And that also can feel very confusing for a child as well if we move into over-repairing. And and that is another piece that we can often lean into about what is my need here to keep saying sorry to keep checking that we're okay, and that can again come back to, you know, I need to know that my child loves me so that I'm all right. So there can be some bigger threads in there as well, mm,
0: and particularly if we've had experiences as children where there were ruptures and then our parent left. So often that can help us remind, rem- remember those kinds of experiences where. Actually, those younger parts come up and that fear comes up like, oh, my gosh, have I lost this connection now? So we can get we can get worried or anxious. So, again, this is why it's so important if we're going to that or perhaps you might get reactive. Perhaps they're saying, you know, you're I hate it when you do that and and we might want to start justifying. Yeah, but, you know, I have had a really yeah. if we're going to any of these, there's really a very clear invitation that there are feelings there for us that are really getting in the way of us being able to really repair in the most effective way so as always whenever we have time or opportunity to hop off and send a little voice note to our empathy buddy or friend or you know whatever way to actually get to express what is showing up for us because you know, as I often say, I think it came from the Stoics, what is in the way is the way. So if we are going into these feelings, often it means that we, yeah, we just need to be lovingly heard first.
1: Mm, Yes, that's so it. And I think that is exactly the same with our children. If a child has done something to another sibling or another child is exactly as you say, Marion. you know, you could ideally just say would you like to repair and they might not be ready to and do we need to listen to some of their feelings first before they're ready to apologize in whatever way which could be with words which could be doing something for the other child you know and i think it is really powerful to give it back to our children to say how would you like to repair that feels genuine for them but sometimes they're not ready to do it until they've moved as we said before some of the feelings that may be in the way for them and
0: often thing, don't you, is like naturally, and this is such a core element of aware parenting, like if we get to express those feelings to a loving listener, whether it's us as a parent or as them as children, we naturally come back to that feeling of love and connectedness. And we often naturally want to move in and Mm. say, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. And I love you. And you know, we we want to move in with that love and that repair, we want to reconnect again, when we feel connected back again to our, to our lovingness, of course, we want to, to, to make sure that connection is back in place. That's natural. It's simply the feelings that are getting in the way. So it was feelings that were getting in the way that were causing the behavior in the first place. And it's often and feelings that actually are getting in the way of that reconnect of that repair of coming back to to harmony together again it's always about the feelings <laughs> so it's n- most of the time about the 99 99% of the time. don't you don't you like it though do you love it when your parents come and say so what can I do here and, and it's like it's about listening to more feelings isn't it yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say don't you <laughs> always with the feelings that's what we should call our podcast it's always it's it's all all about
1: more feelings more feelings please yeah yeah but it's, you know, and I, I know the more that we do it, the more we connect in with it, the more they move, the more the easier it flows. We, we so know this. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's really big. Mm. Yes. I would love to
0: offer. I love you talked about power versus the game. So, again, if you're newer to aware parenting, attachment play is a core element of aware parenting. It's a way that children heal often from stress and trauma. And experiences like this so power reversal games are games where we become the less powerful one and they become the powerful one and often that's really helpful when perhaps we have spoken loudly or used power over we have used our power over them so power reversal games can be really helpful and what i find often is it can be helpful to to bring in that element that actually happened in the rupture so perhaps if we if we shouted or we spoke harshly we might want to say you know do you want to to kind of yell really loudly and, and I'll fall over every time or do you want to yell and chase me around the house and I'll keep falling over. So often actually using that same, bringing that same element in, switching it over into the power reversal, that can be a really helpful way to, to for them to get to perhaps laugh so when they're laughing they're releasing the fear that they felt they're getting to actually feel powerful again and they're getting to feel connected again with us so power of us games are really helpful in that situation and another game that can be really helpful is is the duo doing it over again game so again perhaps if i don't know what it might be you know they're jumping on the bed and um we move in and say get off that bed i just made that bed." We might say okay how do you want to do it over so we might invite them to to get back on the bed again or, or maybe not and we might say how you know how would you like it to go this time and they get to choose so they might direct us and they might say so now I want you to say I love seeing you jump on the bed. I'm going to come and jump with you or whatever it is. So uh, these are ways to help children regain that sense of power that they often, where they felt powerless, get helps them laugh. It helps them feel connected again with us. And also it can often help us, you know, where we, if we're laughing too, we can also release those feelings of, 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 uh, you know, powerlessness and fear and sadness and all the things.
1: I love those suggestions. It's making me think about one of my beautiful clients. I hope she's listening to this. She'll know. She tells me that she plays a game with her kids called mean mummy. <laughs> so she says, like, whenever she's yelled or she's been grumpy, they're like, we need to play mean mummy and they're the mummy and they pretend that they're being really mean and yell and stuff like that. And she pretends that she gets upset or she runs away or she does stuff and they love it, you know, and they laugh and she's like, mean mummy. <laughs> Sometimes she's like, mean mummy's had a good workout this week uh, because, you know, it's things have been Hard or she's been stressed or stuff's gone on and then the kids want to play that game where they get to be the one that's grumpy and there's lots of laughter and you know as we always talk about children are so clever at knowing what to do to heal and when we can move into things like play and we do it in particularly in those power reversal elements gosh it can make such a difference can't it for them to release whatever in, is in their body around where that that pain is or that stuckness or that hurt is feeling it can be so powerful for them so yeah good All of the
0: birds are here uh, I want to share as well sometimes there's there's one called the grumpy mummy game which is sometimes we can use when we're about to do something that's going to create a rupture we can actually if we can get there in time and we're not always going to be able to but if we can get in and say like mock over the top I am so grumpy right now oh and what happens when I'm grumpy oh I shout meow. I'm tempted, I'm tempted. I tell you what to do. Do what I do. Do what I say. And sometimes, if we can catch it in time, we can express the things that we actually want to do and want to say in a way that isn't scary for our children. In a way that we can laugh, and they can laugh. And sometimes, just sometimes, that can help us release the frustration and the powerlessness that otherwise tips us over into doing those things we don't want to do. So sometimes, that as a as
1: a preventative can be a really helpful game as well. Mm, absolutely yes play is amazing right it, it, it really sometimes when we're stuck of just being the most wonderful way to help dislodge some of the hurt or stuck feelings within us so that we can then you know move and feel into the feelings we need to or recreate that connection that sometimes is ruptured mm, yeah <sighs> do you know i just thinking as you're talking about i've found particularly in the years with my teenagers as well there has been times where I've had to repair with them, um, not because I've yelled or I've done something, but I've I've just been judgy or I've been <laughs> been too nagging, mum. Or and I can watch them kind of shut down a bit. And and there's been quite a few times where I've gone into their room and just gone, ah, oh, I'm I'm really sorry, I was totally not present then, or I was in my stuff around this thing, and 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 it was like two or three minutes, and they'd go, it's cool, mum, like you know, and. And then, and then I'd say, look, I'll back off on that if you want. Or do you want any support? Or it was usually when I was trying to control things or I was worried about things. It's usually when I would do that. And then they'd be like, no, nah, that's fine. And then instantly it would open up space for them either asking for help or they're moving forward with what they needed to. But that was, you know, having teenagers, I, I haven't really yelled a lot, but I've definitely been annoying, (laughs) nagging on certain things that I thought should be done in certain ways. And that's where I've often caught myself because I've watched their energy just withdraw or retreat or watch them shut down a bit. And I think, oh God, I've just been, a pain in the butt here and so coming back and repairing in that way it doesn't always have to be about yelling or something like it those things can make us go I'm really sorry I just moved into judging your friend or I'm really sorry that I just was trying to control what's going on you you do what you need to I really trust you've got it you know so there's been many times like that in the teenage years that I found that that's been my (laughs) yeah my (laughs) go-to what I've needed to do yeah not so much yelling but a lot of nagging, maybe, or just, you know, gentle, gentle love control, <laughs> <laughs> gentle love control. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> maybe that's what it's been. <laughs> oh, and yeah. It's good. I don't it's know good. about you,
0: but I'm feeling so warm and happy. And yeah. Lovely. I think uh, even talking about this, I'm imagining it helps the younger parts of us who didn't experience this actually get these reparative experiences of like, oh, yeah. yeah I can imagine that. I can imagine receiving that. Yeah. Yes. Great. Oh, let's all snuggle
1: up on the couch now and yes. watch a movie together. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I wonder if it also gives people more compassion maybe for their parents or their siblings in understanding some of this, of realising why perhaps their dad has never said sorry or why their brother, you know, doesn't know how to repair, you know, because I think it can, again, the more we understand this, the more when we can see other family members or people we know, we can begin to create a, I have a better understanding around why perhaps they behave the way they do or why they haven't been able to repair in in certain ways because of how painful it's been for them or whatever the story is attached to it. And I think what you said right at the beginning is so powerful, Marion, is the shame that's attached to being wrong and doing something wrong is just so crippling sometimes that we can't even go there. Yes, I think
0: it's so important to understand that we can repair and take responsibility without shaming or judging ourselves and Mm. as I say disentangling those two has been life-changing for me Mm. so we can all do it we can all do it well maybe not we can all most of us could do that (laughs) or we can give it a go (laughs) we can try no not try do not try there is no try we can be willing
1: (laughs) to try no (laughs) we'll take a small step let's just start with it we'll just listen to it (laughs) <laughs> oh, so good uh, so, so I actually good. do want
0: to I want to say one really quick thing I think mm. we just about finished is that when you said that as well about understanding our parents I think for me over the years as well it, it helped put things into you know because as a child there is that interpretation and this terrible thing happened to me or I did something wrong and actually as, over the years when we realized oh my gosh yeah I have felt really frustrated at times I have done really unenjoyable things to my child and oh gosh that thing that my dad did to me when I was seven. Oh my gosh, he, that's how he was feeling. He was feeling really frustrated. He was feeling really powerless. So there's that natural journey that we go on with aware parenting and that reparenting process where we don't, you know, I don't really like that whole artificial thing of like, you know, you should forgive them. It's like that natural compassion and understanding that comes when we have our feelings heard first it's like Mm. we get to more and more understand that whole intergenerational process of like oh yeah that's why they did that yeah Mm. because we've we've had our feelings heard about how painful it was and how we judged ourselves or how we thought there was something wrong with us Mm. it's very profound isn't it that natural process where we start to realize oh yeah i can imagine that they were feeling really powerless in that moment Mm.
1: I mean, that opens up a whole other topic uh, around forgiveness <laughs> and healing. That might be the next podcast. I think you can see that one? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah Although I was talking about piece. not
0: forgiveness, but you know me in words because there's mm-hmm. nothing to forgive. We, we yes, there
1: was nothing done wrong. But the, yes. the title will help us. Yes, the healing. In. So we could, yes. we
0: could do that next
1: week. Yeah, we? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole other other piece of it. <sighs> very good very good okay uh, well we've given I think people lots of offerings to contemplate perhaps you know as we usually finish off so that might be good but is there anything you would like to share about your work what's going on Marion anything any courses you want to tell I'm people about so excited I just had this
0: sudden download as you know well a few days ago where I went oh my gosh I'm going to make a whole aware printing course like I've got bazillion as you know on lots of different things And I thought I'm going to put together 20 years of aware printing into one course so I'm making it right now and I think it's going
1: to be my signature course I am so excited about it that's "Ah!" going to be epic because you have so much so many (laughs) offerings that's going to be amazing so keep an eye out, it's coming soon awesome i love it i love it
0: and how about you i know you've got loads of offerings as well
1: oh well i've just i've almost finished my masterclass series which is going to be available to purchase on my website soon which is just you know if any of the topics i've covered you know there's there's the replays to purchase and and my couples courses there and, and i've got a lot of um live events coming up well for some are online and some are in person uh here in melbourne and victoria and i'm also doing a bit of a tour around australia for the last part of this year with our lovely friend bernadette from Corum flora store we're doing taking you know some of this stuff to rural areas so that'll be exciting so yeah all, all the stuff's on our social medias and websites and stuff so yeah it's good it's nice to be out there in the world doing more stuff it's good Yes. That's great. I imagine all the people going, Oh my God, we can see Lal in person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure about that, but anyway, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love seeing you in
1: person a few weeks ago. We did. That was so So nice, isn't it? (laughs) So good. All right. Well, thank you everybody for, for being here. And again, thank you for all the love and all the sharing. We are so excited. We've spent the last month In the top five in Australia in podcasts, uh, in podcast land, in our ratings, so that's felt pretty wonderful to just know so many people are listening and uh, sharing it. So we're deeply grateful for everybody for for listening to what we've got to say. And you know me, and and we're on track
0: for a million by the end of this year. So please feel free. That's my thing. Please feel (laughs) free to share it with your friends because every listen counts. (laughs) (laughs) So good, so good.
1: Uh, Thanks for being here, everyone. Oh,
0: so much love to you
1: thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marianrose.net we wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey